Today's sermon is called Flatlined. And I want to talk to you about two leaders of the church. Uh, one was a bad guy, if you will, and, and the other one was a good guy. But Jesus saved them both. Somebody say amen. Jesus saved them both. And, and I know the brother already read so eloquently um, Acts chapter 9, 1 through 6. But before I go back there, I want to talk to you not only about the Apostle Paul. I want to talk to you real quick about Stephen, who Sister White says in Acts City Apostles was very instrumental to the conversion of St. Paul. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's go to the Bible, if you will, with me. To Acts chapter 7. And I want to start off with verse 51. Acts chapter 7. 51. We're talking about Stephen here. Now, Stephen goes in front of the Sanhedrin, and, and he goes and he's witnessing in front of everybody about Jesus. Somebody say amen. And he's talking about the power of God, and, and he's talking about them, that, that they rejected the prophets, and, and they rejected the word of God, and, and he speaks bluntly to, to the people of God, and he says this, Acts seven fifty one. The word of God is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He goes in 51, he says, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. In other words, you, you like your mama. And he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. What, what, was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed him and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through the angels but have not obeyed it. Verse 54, when they heard this, they were what? Furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to the heaven and saw what? The glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And verse 56, he says, look! I see the heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. As this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. This brother gave the okay to the murder of this righteous man. This brother was like a mafia kingpin saying it's okay to kill. This leader of the church who was killing, what? Killing the people of God 
Now let's go to Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Now I'm talking about Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. We talked about Stephen and because he was doing good, he was murdered. Paul gave the okay to his murder. And look what happens in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul also known as Paul, was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if they found any of them that was belonging to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Actually, the apostles said to die as he neared Damascus on his journey. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground. Hallelujah. And heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. He replied. Verse 6. Now get up and go into the city. And you will be told what to do from there. Today I want to talk to you about this leader in the church. And, and maybe somebody here can relate to him. And I know I can. Today I want to talk to you about somebody that was up here. Somebody that thought that was doing it right. Somebody that, that kept the health message. Uh, somebody that... that knew the 28 doctrines of the church, somebody that was tough in the faith, somebody that was a pathfinder, went to every Oshkosh there was. Somebody that knew how to make veggie meat, not only by morning stars, somebody say, amen. So he was a true Christian. <laughs> He was the real deal, Holyfield. Somebody who was up there. The Bible says that even from up there, he fell. The Bible says those that exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. And those that humble themselves will be what? Exalted. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that he persecuted the church. I looked up the word of persecution in this very chapter, and it means to persecute violently. He was out for murder. He was out to kill. And I'm thinking to myself, we are the same way. The, body, the Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Mine is like a warehouse for little Debbie snacks. <laughs> Somebody say mercy. <laughs> the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But, but don't we do damage to ourselves. And, and we persecute us violently. And, and we're looking for, for these temporary highs. And we're looking for these temporary fix by any cause. I'm going to tell you today, church, there's no high like the most high God. I'm going to repeat it so you can put it on Facebook. There's no high 
like the most high God. God sometimes will have to bring us down to get our attention. Sometimes we have to fall so we can look up. But rest assured, God, even in the ground is with us. I lost it all. Somebody say mercy. I lost it all. I had it all. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here today that's been heartbroken. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here today that, that their dreams are shattered. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here today that they started off good, but something happened on the road to Damascus. Something happened on the road to heaven and you lost it all. I tell the kids all the time, I lost it all. The only thing I can't lose is weight. Somebody say mercy. <laughs> I lost it all. Chuck Swindoll tells a story about a bird. And this elderly lady, she has this bird and she takes care of the bird. And, and all the neighbors hear this bird. And this bird brings happiness to the community because they can hear the bird chirping. All the neighbors are happy in the morning because this bird is chirping. I don't know about you. I'll be getting mad. I wake up late. I don't want no bird to chirp. <laughs> But, but the, 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 the elderly community that they was in, they heard this bird chirping and it would bring happiness. One day the elderly lady was on the phone talking to one of her grandkids and, and she was cleaning the cage of the bird with a little vacuum. When she was cleaning the little dirt from the vacuum, all of a sudden her phone rang and she picks up the phone like this. But when she went to pick up the phone, she sucked up the little bird in the vacuum. And then she dropped the phone and, and she, where's the bird? And she went to check her Facebook status. Somebody say mercy. Some of us can't do nothing without checking our Facebook status, right? And even in life and death, she, she went and checked her Facebook status. She said the bird is inside the vacuum. So what she did, she took the little bird and he was still alive out of the vacuum. And then she went and took him and ran to the sink. She turned on the water and now the bird was drowning. The bird was trying to chirp, but he couldn't because he was swallowing the water. And then she realized what she was doing. She says, ah, the bird. So the bird was all wet. She went to the bathroom and she took the blow dryer and started blow drying the bird. Now she realized that the bird is burning to death. And she's like, ah, what am I doing? So then in an act of desperation, she just threw the bird back in the cage. And the bird lived. <laughs> Poor bird. But the neighbors went to her house the other day and says, the bird doesn't sing that much lately, does it? Isn't that just like our lives? We started off good maybe once upon a time. We used to sing in church and we used to come at 9.15 or 9.35 and we used to come to the Sabbath school. But now 
the bird can't be heard. Maybe you've been through hell and back. Sister White says that Satan is a smart general. But the weakest soldier in the army of the Lord can defeat him. Nonetheless, somebody say amen. The weakest soldier in the, in the army of the Lord can defeat Satan. Nonetheless, we need to best believe that. Somebody say amen. We need to be like, I remember watching Scooby-Doo. When I was watching Scooby-Doo when I was a young kid, I don't watch it no more because I know the subliminal messages and the horror behind it. But I remember Scooby-Doo had a little cousin named Scrappy-Doo. And little Scrappy-Doo wanted to fight everybody. He wasn't scared of no man. Today, I'm going to tell you the same thing. We have to be Scrappy-Doo's in our faith. Somebody say, Amen. We got to keep on keeping on. We got to hang in there. Come hella high water. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw the storm. In face Jesus. You know what Jesus did when he was in the boat. And he saw the storm. He went down. And fell asleep. A storm made Jesus sleepy. A grave, the grave that was just an airbed for Jesus because Sunday morning he, he resurrected. Somebody say amen. Trials and tribulations, says Ellen White, is part of the education of the school of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know that this is the school of hard knocks? Sometimes we got to fall down before we can see up. The Apostle Paul fell down. He thought he was doing right. But then somebody said, get up. Today I'm going to tell you and I'm going to challenge you in the name of Jesus. You got to get up. Some of us come to church defeated. Some of us be coming to church. We ain't Adventists. I said it before and I know you've heard it. We ain't Adventists anymore. We Sadventists. We come here just, just our face downcasted, like we defeated. You've heard it before. The church is a hospital. Not anymore. This church has turned into a hospice. I'm going to say it again so you guys can wake up. Somebody say amen. The church is not a hospital no more. It has turned into a hospice with a bunch of dead folk. Uh-uh. I got some people out there in jail. They were more alive than our churches. We got to live like we Adventists. We're, 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 we're awaiting the second coming of the Messiah. That should be happy. We should be glad Adventists. Somebody say amen. Amen. And even though this church is a hospice, God is still with us. Even though this church used to be booming and, and I'm not talking about this church per se. I'm talking about all of us. We're losing all our youth. God is still with us. Somebody said, God found me. God found me. But you know what? Now that I'm deciphering God and I'm getting to know God a little bit better now. 
that I lost my wife and I lost my son and I lost my way of living. God found me. It's not accurate. Why? In fact, that saying is stupid. Why? Because you're telling me that God is that careless? He managed to let you go by mistake? you telling me that, that God let you slip between the cracks? I don't think so. God, God found me nothing. God always had me. I never was lost in the sight of God. I remember living in the ghetto and we knew where the mouse was and, and we knew where the hole he was coming from. But what we did, we put a mouse trap and whenever he decides to come out, we got him. God will leave you in that hole. He never lost you. Whenever you decide to come out, it's on you. Then you caught if you allow yourself to be caught. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible says in this world we'll have trouble. We're going to fall. We're going to fall. The best of us are going to fall. I know a lot of pastors that committed adultery. I know a lot of pastors that stole. I know a lot of pastors that lied from this very pulpit. And we've all fallen. In fact, somebody said, Willie, you need to practice what you preach. It sounds good on paper. But the words I preach are the words of a perfect God. And sometimes it's hard. But I'm not going to stop preaching nonetheless. Somebody say, amen. Somebody got to preach. The Bible says, if I don't, the rock's going to talk. Somebody got to preach by looking at me, by looking at you. We see that God is at work. Because if you save the piece of junk like me, there's hope for you. Somebody say, amen. Amen. The Bible says in this world we'll have trouble. We're going to fall. The Bible may hurt you with the truth, but it will never comfort you with a lie. I'm going to repeat that. The Bible may hurt you with the truth, but it will never comfort you with a lie. In this world we'll have trouble. I remember I was preaching in Russia. When I was preaching in Russia, I have this letter that I wrote to God. 15 years ago when I was going to commit suicide. Manservant that you hear today. I was about to commit suicide with the gun in my mouth. 15 years ago. And before I was going to do it, I wrote a letter to Jesus. And I have a sermon talking about trials and tribulations. And I read that letter. And I say to the congregation, that person is here today. And I want that person to stand up, not giving away that it was me. At the end, I say that person is Willie Ramos. But when I was reading it, the translator was also translating. And I said, that person is here today. And I was waiting for the punchline to say, ladies and gentlemen, it was me. When, when the translator said that person is here today, and I said, I want that person to stand up. And all of a sudden, a guy stands up. And I'm like, no. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> Bro, you, you got me for real? <laughs> you talking Spanish, English, Russian, what? This guy stands up. And I'm like, uh, Houston. <laughs> We have a problem. 
I said, that guy is here today when the Russian came up. He got on his knees and he says, did my mom give you the letter? I wrote that four years ago. And I said, Lord, him too. We all have trials. We all go through persecutions. We all going to have problems. We're all going to fall. But I'm going to tell you today, if you're down to nothing, God is up to something. If you're down to nothing, God is up to something. The other day I went with my little stepson. And to be honest, times are hard. And I had to take him. We had to take him out of Christian school. We took him away from private school and put him in the public school. Even step up didn't accept us at the time. So we had to take my son to public school. And when I went in there, I seen these little gangster kids. They had the t-shirts glorifying the name of the popular band. They had Kanye shirts and Jay-Z shirts. and They had earrings and they had mohawks. I looked at my little skinny son and I was they're going to eat him alive. I went to the car and my ex-wife looked at me and she said, why are you crying? I said, that short little fat kid with the mohawk is going to eat him. <laughs> He's going to bully my son. This world is going to eat us up. But I'm going to challenge you today to hang in there. Because if you do, there's a crown waiting for you and you will live happily ever after. Somebody say amen. Amen. There was a guy in the Caribbean and, and he was picking uh, coconuts from the palm trees and, and he heard the voice of God and he had like 15 coconuts and he put it in a hefty bag and he was about to go sell them when he heard the voice of God says, leave the coconuts there and come to church. He's like, but God, I got coconuts. There's like 15 coconuts here. I'll take care of the coconuts. I'll be here. You come to church. The guy went to church. And sure enough, as soon as he went to the church, he heard the pastor say, God is in his holy temple. He said, uh, so who's over there with my coconuts? How many of you guys know that God is with coconuts and God is with us as well? Amen. Amen. The person next to you might be going through a trial right now. Look at Robin Williams. We just lost one of our beloved. We just lost a man that made us laugh. We, we just lost a comedy legend. He, he had it all, but he had nothing because he didn't have Christ. You might have it all, but if you don't got God, you don't got Jack. Somebody say mercy. I have a Cadillac right now in the house. The Cadillac look good outside and everybody sees me in the Cadillac and they're like, wow, pastor, with the diamond in the back. Sunroof top. What? Dig in this scene with a gangster lean. It looks 
good on the outside, but the radiator's messed up, and every morning I have to put water on that Cadillac. Some of you guys come looking good, but on the inside, you messed up. Just like I put water on that radiator, you got to put the living water, Christ Jesus, every day. Somebody say amen. Amen. In this world, we will have trouble, and we're going to fall. But best believe God is with you. I know you're suffering on the inside. You don't want no one to know. That's why, ladies and gentlemen in church, we, we can't judge a book by its cover. Right now, I'm preaching with a broken heart. I don't understand why. I don't know why it happened. But I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that he has a plan. And I never committed adultery. And I, I, I was faithful to the end I tried to be. Sometimes bad things happen to uh, good people. And I'm not calling myself good because I'm far from it. But I was trying my hardest. I was not to the ground, but today I'm here, and I'm preaching, and I'm offering hope. Somebody say amen. Amen. Never judge a book by its cover. For example, I used to have an iPhone, right? In the iPhone, I don't know why, but wherever I was at and I would check in on Facebook, the iPhone would say, Willie Ramos is near McDonald's. You, you would swear I was a hamburger or somebody. I was far from McDonald's. Talking about Willie Brown. Is, what? Man. I, when I went to Russia, check, check out what happened in Russia, right? The pastor said, Willie, we're going to come pick you up. Sabbath. I got there Friday. You sleep all day Friday. And then Saturday, we're going to pick you up for church. All right. Saturday at 9.15, I went outside. I put on my suit, and I'm ready. All of a sudden, it, this was a, a major hotel where they keep all the stars and celebrities at. So I'm like, all right, cool. I came outside, and I'm ready. Got my Bible. All of a sudden, this Barbie-looking woman with the blonde hair, she comes with a Mercedes-Benz, 2017, right? And she comes. <laughs> all right, 2015, right? You lying, pastor. And, and then she comes. She parks the car. She looks at me. She looks like a Barbie. I'm like, wow, Lord. Now that I'm single, hook me up with something like that. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I have mercy. <laughs> I'm looking for a girl that looks just like Jennifer Lopez, but with the mentality of Ellen G. White. Somebody say amen. <laughs> So I saw the Barbie-looking woman, and I'm like, wow. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to stay focused. The Barbie-looking woman went like this to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm, just like the devil. <laughs> Trying to catch a brother slipping when he's far away. <laughs> she went like She went like this, and I could hear the song in the background talking about, Nah, 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 
and what? And then I'm like, oh, we're in a celebrities. She's a prostitute. And I'm like, oh, wait. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, Lord, Lord, help me, man up. Help me, man up. Rebuke Satan. Reprende Satanás. Lord, please. And you know what happened? I said, no, 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 no. She went. I'm like, mm-mm. True story. I'm like, sorry. Bye. And then I, I ran. And she got out the car. And she started following me. And I'm like, ah, I'm living in a horror movie. I thought I was filming a commercial. Old Spice. <laughs> Take a look what you've done. <laughs> I went upstairs. True story. I locked the door. I put a chair. Okay, I'm safe. All of a sudden. No! What? Then the phone rings. Bring! Oh, I'm safe nowhere. Right? And I'm like, hello? Pastor, yes. This is the maitre d' right, and the woman, the the Barbie-looking woman here, she's the pastor's wife. She just wants you to come to church. <laughs> I go downstairs and I'm like, <laughs> I thought you were a hooker. <laughs> she says, "Niet, niet." <laughs> it may look different from the outside. Some people might look like Barbies today, but on the inside they're crying. You might look like Ken today, but on the inside you're destroyed. You fell. You have fallen. Maybe sin has knocked you down, but I'm going to challenge you to stand up. The Bible says that Jesus looked at Paul and he says, arise. And I'm going to tell the church the same thing. Arise. You stand up. Keep on keeping on because your redemption is right around the corner. Don't give up now. You made it this far. Paul says, who are you? There comes a time in our lives we're going to say to God the same thing. Who are you? Are you the one that was supposed to come? Or should we expect somebody else? Who are you? For real? Are you God? Come on. Why am I like this? Who are you? I'm going to start wrapping this sermon up. The young lady, can you play I Surrender All on the piano? I'm going to make an altar call. Who are you? You know what Paul says to Jesus? Paul said to Jesus, I mean, yes, Paul said to Jesus, who are you? And Jesus said to Paul, I am Jesus, the one you've been persecuting. I am Jesus, the one that you've been persecuting. You know what that means? When Paul came up to Jesus and says, who are you? Jesus said to Paul, 
I am Jesus, the one you've been searching for all your life. I am him. But Lord, I, I persecuted violently and I am Jesus, the one you've always searched for. He's right there, ladies and gentlemen, church. Jesus is there. He's always was there. That's what I'm learning now. He's never left my side. When I cried, he cried with me. With my broken heart, the Bible says he's closer to me than ever. Who are you? I am Jesus. The one you've always searched for. I'm here. And I want to end with this Bible verse. It's one of the most interesting Bible verses in Holy Scriptures. I want to go back to Acts chapter 7. Verse 56. The stoning of Stephen. The most interesting verse in the Bible, I think. When Stephen is about to be murdered. And look what he says in 56. He says, look. I see heaven open. And the son of man, who is Jesus. Standing. At the right hand of God. Why is that the most interesting verse in the Bible? Standing in the right hand of God. I read in scripture at least 24 times. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the father. Sitting on the right hand of father. You know what's happening right there? It's the same thing when we're watching a boxing match. Same thing when we're watching our favorite team start winning and they were underdogs. And we get up from our couch and we start cheering for the underdogs. And we start going, yes, that's the same thing that's happening that day from the kingdom of heaven. Something was about to happen with Stephen and Stephen was going to glorify God's name. It made Jesus stand up. It makes Jesus stand up and cheer for the underdog. Today, I'm telling you that your life or your death need to make Jesus want to stand up. If it doesn't, then your ministry is a failure. You have to make Jesus move his emotions and stand up. The Bible says Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Not in this verse right here. This verse says that Jesus stood up. Today he wants to stand up. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior while you're going through this trial and tribulations, if you want to learn how to trust him, if you want to give it all to him and say, I don't understand and I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future and I'm going to trust in him. If that's you and if you want to trust in Jesus, I want you to do the same thing that he told the Apostle Paul 
arise. Stand up for this calling. And let's pray. If that's you. You need to give your life to Jesus. In this storm. Arise. Church, you got to hang in there. Through perseverance, even the turtle reached the ark. You hang in there. I know you're suffering and I know you're going through it. But the Bible says that Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. Some of you guys are flatlined right now. But there's a doctor. There's a doctor in the house. He's going to make sure that line doesn't stay flatlined. He's going to give life to his church. He's going to give you life again. And pretty soon you're going to hear the beep. 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 May God bless you. Pray for me. Please pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for those prisoners. And I'll continue to pray for you. Let us do just that. Heavenly Father. We have fallen. Some of us by choice. Some of us just. The world is just kicking us down. It's hard sometimes. I want to quit. I want to give up. But Lord I can't. Give up and go where. Peter says you alone got the words of eternal life. I've tried the world. There's nothing there. I've tried it all. There's nothing there. Lord, if we do run, let us not run from you, but run to you. If you have to knock us down, then do just that in order for us to look up. Thank you, Jesus, because right now in my life, you have my absolute attention. I'm sorry. I had to go to hell to see that. Be with this church. Protect it. Bless it. Remind them that you're their king. You always will be with them. Thank you, Lord. May our ministries in our life move your emotions so much. That you have to stand up and watch what's about to happen in our life. We want to make you happy. We want to make you cheer. We want to make you proud. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let God's people say, Amen. God bless your church.